Tech Talk with Matthew Dickerson. Matthew Dickerson. Sit back and relax. It's time to talk technology. Welcome to the special edition of Tech Talk. At 3am on 15 September Australian time, a special Apple event occurred to announce the latest products available from Apple. I'll cut past the normal glitz and glamour of an Apple event and go straight to the five new product announcements and the differences from their predecessors. The products that everyone waits for, of course, are the new iPhones. Continuing the theme from last year when four new models were announced, this year four new models were again announced. Two models in the Pro range and two in the Standard range. First, I'll take a look at the iPhone 13 and iPhone 13 mini. The physical height and width are identical to the 12, but the new iPhone is slightly deeper with the camera notch protruding ever so slightly further, but you'd need an accurate measurement tool because the depth only changes from 7.4mm to 7.65mm for both models. Similarly with the weight, an increase of 6 grams with the Mini up to 141 grams and up by 10 grams in the 13 to 174 grams. The Super Retina OLED screen is an identical size and pixels per inch from the 12 to the 13, but the notch is 20% smaller giving you marginally more screen viewing space. The brightness has been increased by 28% from 625 nits of typical brightness to 800 on the 13. The HDR maximum brightness remains at 1200 nits. The processor has been upgraded to the new Apple A15 Bionic chip, which maintains a 6-core CPU and 4-core GPU. The dual 12-megapixel camera system was maintained on both 13 models, with the same aperture setting on both the wide and ultra-wide cameras as the 12. The sensor shift optical image stabilisation was added to the wide camera, which was an upgrade from the previous 12, which had optical image stabilisation. The sensor has also been upgraded to capture 47% more light. Smart HDR has been upgraded from version 3 to version 4, and photographic styles have been added, which is essentially an advanced filtering system. In video mode, 4K has been available up to 60 frames per second, but with the 12, HDR video recording with Dolby Vision was only available up to 30 frames per second. The 13 has improved this to 60 frames per second. The most exciting feature was the new cinematic mode, which allows amateur videographers to use a smartphone and utilise rack focus, which was an effect often used by professional movie makers to change the focus in different parts in a scene. Note that cinematic mode records at 1080p at 30 frames per second. Night mode is also now available on all cameras. The true depth or front-facing camera also receives a similar upgrade to features with Smart HDR4, HDR video recording with Dolby Vision up to 60 frames per second and cinematic mode. Battery capacity has been increased which results in a claimed 17 hours of video playback for the Mini up from 15 hours, and for the 6.1-inch version of the 13, the video playback is up to 19 hours from the 12, which claimed 17 hours. The lightning port was maintained. Both models will be available in Starlight, Midnight, Blue, Pink, and Product Red, with memory sizes of 128GB, 256GB, and 512GB, which was an upgrade from the 12, which came in 64 
128 and 256. Overall, the new 13 is an evolution rather than a revolution, with the main upgrades relating to the faster processor, better video and photography features, and increased memory sizes. Officially, they will be on sale from Friday 24 September, but availability is always tight from the official launch date for at least the first few weeks. Moving up the range to the two Pro models, once again we have the iPhone 13 Pro and iPhone 13 Pro Max. Again, the width and height remain the same, with the same increase in depth on the 13 from 7.4mm to 7.65mm. The weight increases by 17 grams on the Pro to 203 grams, and by 12 grams on the Pro Max to 238 grams. The Super Retina OLED screen is an identical size and PPI from the 12 to the 13, but the notch is again 20% smaller, giving you marginally more screen viewing space. The brightness has been increased by 25% from 800 nits of typical brightness to 1000 on the Pro. The HDR maximum brightness remains at 1200 nits. The big news on the screen though is that it now has ProMotion technology. Now that's not promotion, that's ProMotion. Apple has added a capital M to the word promotion. This allows adaptive refresh rates up to 120 hertz. The processor has been upgraded to the new Apple A15 Bionic chip, which maintains a 6-core CPU, but unlike the 13, which is a 4-core GPU, the Pro receives a 5-core GPU. All three cameras on the Pro have undergone changes. The wide and ultra-wide cameras now have larger apertures, with the telephoto lens reducing its aperture size. The optical zoom has been increased on both 13 Pro models to three times. Previously, the 12 Pro Max had sensor shift optical image stabilisation, but the 12 Pro only had dual optical image stabilisation. Now, both the 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max have sensor shift optical image stabilisation. Sensors have also been upgraded to allow more light. Smart HDR has been upgraded from version 3 to 4, and photographic styles have been added. When shooting videos, the same cinematic mode has also been added, but there is an additional video capturing format called ProRes, which is a higher quality video format specific to Apple. It allows 4K at up to 30 frames per second, but be careful of a hidden trap. The 128 gig version of the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max will only allow Pro Max at 1080p. Presumably the video file size in ProRes will be too large for the 128 gig phone if using 4K. ProRes is only available on the two Pro model phones. The True Depth or front-facing camera also receives a similar upgrade to features with Smart HDR4, HDR video recording with Dolby Vision up to 60 frames per second, and Cinematic Mode in addition to ProRes. Battery capacity has been increased, which results in a claimed 22 hours of video playback for the Pro, up from 17 hours, and for the 6.7-inch Pro Max, the video playback is up to 28 hours, from the 12, which claimed 20 hours. The lightning port was maintained. The Pro will be available in silver, graphite, gold, and Sierra Blue. Memory sizes of 128GB, 256GB, and 512 are maintained, with an additional memory capacity of a huge 1TB available. Similar to the 13, the Pro phone is an evolution. Also similar to the 13, the main upgrades relate to a faster processor, 
better video and photography features, and an increase in the largest available memory size. Officially, they'll be on sale from Friday, 24 September. In my opinion, the biggest news from the event was the announcement of the iPad Mini. We all expected there was going to be a new Mini announced, but the shape and format of the Mini was more in line with the iPad Air range rather than the standard iPad range. It had been some time between drinks for the iPad Mini, with the last announcement with minimal fairfare on 18th of March 2019. The iPad Mini 6th generation, announced on 15 September, is a completely new design compared to the 5th generation Mini. It has an identical width to the 5th generation Mini at 134.8mm, but the height reduces by 7.8mm to 194 Despite the slight reduction in physical size, the screen viewing size has increased from 7.9 inches to 8.3 inches. The thickness increases marginally from 6.1 to 6.3 millimetres, but the weight is reduced by 11.2 grams to 297 grams. The increase in viewing error is mainly achieved by the removal of the home button and the reduction of the bezel above and below the screen. The fingerprint sensor has been removed from the non-existent home button to the top button. The screen is a liquid retina display upgraded from the retina display with the same 326 ppi rating and the brightness remains at the same 500 nits of typical maximum brightness. With two and a half years between announcements you can imagine that the processor has made a leap forward with the A12 chip being upgraded to the A15. Battery life has been maintained at a rate of 10 hours of video playback. The lightning port has been upgraded to USB-C and the connectivity has changed to 5G along with Wi-Fi 6 which boasts speeds up to a theoretical 1.2 gigabits per second. Not many people buy an iPad just for the cameras but the 8 megapixel camera on the 5th gen has been upgraded to the same 12 megapixel camera as the iPad Air with the addition of a quad LED true tone flash which is missing from the Air. The front camera is a step above the iPad Air though, with a 12 megapixel ultra-wide camera, which also facilitates the centre stage feature for your video calls. The video recording for the front camera remains at 1080p rather than 4K. The 5th gen Mini was compatible with the 1st gen Apple Pencil, but the 6th gen upgraded its compatibility to the 2nd generation Pencil. It will be available in Space Grey, Pink, Purple and Starlight, with memory sizes of 64GB and 256GB. For some time, the Mini seemed to be the forgotten product in the Apple range. The fourth Gen was announced on 9 September 2015. It took three and a half years for the Gen 5, and now another two and a half for the Gen 6. For a comparison, the iPad Pro 12.9 Gen 1 was announced after the fourth Gen Mini, and the iPad Pro 12.9 is now up to Gen 5. Overall, it seems like this is a significant upgrade for the Mini, which may well revive the entire Mini concept, as I expect to see significantly higher sales of this model than previous Mini models. These will also be available from 24 September. It has been less than a year since the iPad 8th generation was announced. The size of the iPad 9th gen is identical to the 8th gen, with an insignificant 3 grams of additional weight added. The 10.2-inch display receives a minor upgrade with True Tone added to the display. The processor has gone from the A12 up to the A13. There are now a range of chips in use in the iPad range. 
This ninth gen uses the A13, the iPad Air uses the A14, and the Mini has the A15, with the two Pro models using the M1. The rear camera is still the same 8 megapixel wide camera as featured on the 8th gen iPad, but the front camera has received a significant upgrade. Up from the 1.2 megapixel camera is now the 12 megapixel ultra wide camera featured on the Mini, which allows for this iPad to also use centre stage. This is probably a reflection of how many people are using video calls in their daily lives now. The video capabilities have also received a boost going from 720p HD to 1080p HD at up to 60 frames per second. With the home button and fingerprint sensor, the lightning port, Apple Pencil Gen 1 compatibility, no 5G and no Wi-Fi 6, it feels like the technology in this iPad is dragging the chain compared to its counterparts. Colours available are silver and space grey, and memory sizes have increased from 32GB and 128GB to 64 and 256. Some sensible upgrades from Apple with this model, and still pretty impressive specifications for the entry-level iPad. This will also be available from 24 September. Lastly, the Apple Watch Series 7 was announced. The physical dimensions of the watch haven't changed, but a 40% thinner border means that the display has now increased in size by 20%, and the always-on brightness is improved by 70%. Taking advantage of that larger display size, and for those with very small fingers, you can now display a full keyboard on screen. Battery life has improved, and charging is now 33% faster, with the ability to go from 0 to 80% in 45 minutes. The screen is more durable, with a 50% thicker crystal. The five colours available in aluminium are green, blue, starlight, midnight and product red. And there will also be stainless steel and titanium models available. This is an area that Apple realises has huge potential for growth, in particular as the health wearables market grows and as it will soon need a convenient and easy way to show proof of vaccination. The Apple Watch can fit the bill in both regards. With such a mature market, keeping in mind there are currently over 1 billion iPhones in use across the world, it is getting tougher for smartphone manufacturers to wow audiences. 5G was a significant change last year, and this year the focus is on cameras and taking advantage of the powerful processing power that a modern smartphone possesses. Apple fans will no doubt upgrade to the new devices, but the ongoing question for the average user is whether there are enough upgrades in here to compel you to upgrade from a model only a year old. This is Matthew Dickerson, signing off from the Apple launch on 15 September 2021.